0: This episode is brought to you by One World Empowered. Hey there, tired mama. Do you wish you could push a reset button on your energy? Like, do you want to keep up with those energizer bunnies that are running around you all day? I know, I know, I know. I feel ya. Coffee can only do so much. Well, don't you worry. I've got you covered. Now, just imagine a community of mamas who know the struggle and are working together to harness and reclaim their energy. We're talking about a true community of mamas who get it. Daily practices to jumpstart your days, accountability partners, group coaching calls to ground and recenter you throughout the 28 days. Does this sound like the exact dose of medicine you need in order to feel 100% again? If so, this program is exactly what you need. If you want to be more present with your kiddos, If you think a new routine will help you maximize your time and you enjoy having an accountability partner to help you with developing that new routine and those new habits. If you'd like to increase your patience and energy all while reducing your stress and anxiety. And if you think it would be amazing to have an understanding community of mamas who get it and are on the same path towards healing. Mama, today is the day you choose you and level up. Come join our 28-Day Energetic Reset for Moms by visiting www.oneworldempowered.com slash workwithme and click the Learn More option next to the Energetic Reset program or just scroll down and click the link in my show notes below. I can't wait to meet you and witness you step into your full potential. See you there, Mama. You're listening to the Empower to Heal podcast. I'm your host, Dina T., and I'm so excited to take you on a journey through stories of everyday experts as we share the ways we've harnessed the power inside us to improve the quality of our lives and the health of our minds. We're so excited to have you here with us and hope you feel inspired and empowered to heal. Hello, you beautiful souls. I am sitting here with butterflies in my belly as I am recording my very first solo episode for you guys. I know I have put out my introduction and wanted to create space to honor and share some of my own story and um, honor the people who have helped me get to this place in my life uh, where I wanted to take a leap into a direction of starting a platform to empower people in their own healing journeys. And I thought a podcast, I had been thinking about a podcast. I had talked about it with a few people. I had gotten feedback from a few people that um, it would be cool to do a podcast and I could be good at doing a podcast. And So, I was like, okay, I'm going to start looking into this podcast thing. And literally, right after I started looking into it, an ad pops up in my social media feed for this class called Podcast with Soul. And so I started researching it. And the host, uh, her name is Kelsey Murphy, she has a podcast, the Whiskey and Work podcast. And I um, took a listen to her podcast and I started reading up on her Podcast with Soul program. And I asked my husband for Christmas if I could have the Podcast with Soul uh, course. And so. Of course, he said yes, and I um, dove headfirst into this this leap of faith of, okay, this is going to be my route, my first step into doing something that I feel called to. And I want to thank Kelsey Murphy for uh, creating a platform that I could learn all the things I need to learn in order to create a podcast, but not just that, also build confidence and learn how to do podcasting from a place that's deep within me, um, from my soul, hence the name of her, her class, Podcast with Soul. And so if you guys are ever interested in podcasting, I highly recommend looking up Kelsey Murphy. Listen to her podcast, Whiskey and Work. She is a gem in this world, and she's got a lot of different courses that she's created. Um, they all kind of launch at different times, but they are all designed to help create um people who are confident in following their dreams and pushing them, helping them fly out of the nest and get the tools they need to, to conquer those dreams that they have for themselves. So I first and foremost want to thank Kelsey for uh, the the course and for being a uh, mentor along the course and in our group calls. And she's literally just a gem and full of knowledge. So thank you, Kelsey. I also wanted to create space to honor um, the people in my life that have really encouraged me and helped me soar into this universe of unknown. So I am currently in a position that I've submitted my letter of resignation at my work and I am taking the first leap into following what I feel called to do. And that first leap is starting with this podcast um, it's creating a platform uh, to inspire other people on their healing journey, and to believe and know and conquer. Um, their healing journey within themselves. And so I'm going to share with you a little bit about me and how I got here. And if I have a podcast that's inviting people to be vulnerable and share their stories and talk about healing, well, gosh darn it, I better be ready to do the same. And so this first episode is me diving into that. And I started out um, struggling with like, what am I going to write in this episode? How do I talk to myself? I am sitting in my closet, staring at my clothes and my shoes and um, I was just talking to myself and it feels silly and it feels also very vulnerable and raw to let uh, the world and, and people into parts of my life that have been um, so private. And so... Uh, I'm gonna rip the band-aid off today, and I'm probably gonna touch on a lot of subjects that deserve their own podcasts, and that I will, uh, I will dedicate singular episodes to some of these things, just diving into the the nature of them and things that I think a lot of us relate to. Uh, but but to start us out, I want to share a little bit about my journey. And to get my juices flowing of how do I even start sharing my story, I started journaling and writing out um, areas that I feel kind of have played out in my life um, as I've uh, grown and healed throughout my life. So I wanted to share um, some things that are very personal and also some things that aren't and you you may know about me. But over the past couple of years, I felt called like deep in my soul to shift the narrative of mental health uh, to empowered healing and to bridge the gap and the divide of what practitioners own in the mental health journey and what we ourselves own in this journey. And so the reason why I felt this way is, is because I've spent like the past 10 years of my life (laughs) devoting my very essence to the public mental health system. And I have had the blessed opportunity to practice in many different realms in in the mental health field, and many of which fall under the terms of like counseling or therapy, behavioral analysis, um, a big focus on positive behavioral support. Uh, I've I've helped develop some programs. I've been in ma- many various leadership positions, and. I most recently just submitted my letter of resignation from my position as an assistant director in an outpatient behavioral health clinic for children um, called Child and Family Support Services, and I was in that position for about four and a half years, and guys, the decision to leave this agency and this work was one of the very hardest decisions of my life, and it came after many years of of self-development and introspection and just steps in my own healing journey. Uh, Child and Family Support Services has been like a family to me. It has been a home to grow and to hone my skill sets. It's been a place of sheer inspiration and connection to honoring families and their stories and being blessed with the opportunity to be there in the thick of it and in the biggest, hardest moments with people and support them through it. And the missions and values of this agency are just gosh darn gorgeous. And um, it's seeking out and executing uh, in many different ways uh, a way of, of creating healing within families And it's also doing it in the confines of the public mental health system, which comes with its own barriers and limitations. Um, And so leaving that work, and it's like a diamond in a rough, (laughs) leaving that agency and leaving that opportunity was so difficult to choose. Um, And yet something inside me knew that it was time. And I fought that. Um, I didn't like it. I didn't want it. I don't like change. I'm very um, persistent. And I I like to have control over my own life. And um, I had moments of like, oh, I have to do this. And okay, it's right. It's the time to do it. And moments of no, I don't want to do it. And I'm sure everybody, every big decision people have made, like you tussle back and forth in your brain about it. And I mentioned earlier that I devoted my very essence to my career. And I'm just going to elaborate a little bit more on that because I literally did. I am a woman of heart, and I love fiercely and fully. And when I love, I love in this all-encompassing manner. And my work was was not just work. It was a work of passion. And when people talk to me about work-life balance, as many would, because I oftentimes was working, I would redirect to, to sharing conversations that I live for for work-life harmony. And one of my supervisors and a mentor of my network, she um, played many years ago a video that I wish I knew what it was called, but it talked about harmony in your life and harmony in, in your work life. Um uh, and that inspired me and it just hit home. And it was like, finally, a concept that resonates with uh, how I feel. (laughs) And I, I, I'm not somebody who, who can balance things uh, that I love, right? I don't know how to balance and, and uh, decide to not do something that I love or do more of something else that I love. I, I, that's, equation in my brain just doesn't work. And, and these are things that can't be divided up. And so my degree of loving um, is something that I think fosters this, this concept of work-life harmony. And this degree of loving has also been a huge teacher in my life because I wear my heart on my sleeve and I go all in. And at first, I floated on the coattails of this love. I glided on these strong winds of ebbs and flows of the love uh, dragging me through this or or soaring with me through this beautiful um, work opportunity that just matched what I felt like I was called to do in this world. And I literally like inhaled and absorbed this feeling and this essence and what it brought me. And I became one with it. I became I became my job, my career, my passion, my purpose. I became all of that. And each new opportunity that came my way would, like, ignite a new, like, energy and gust of wind underneath me as I soared and glided in the wind of of this, like, all-encompassing love and passion for my work. And as I say that, like, holy moly, I hope you see the beautiful picture I'm trying to paint or paint of of the passion I have for what I I I do and um, for what I did and any big opportunity that came my way no matter how big it was I was like heck yes yes I want to do that yes please like no questions asked I'm all in I know it's risky I know it's big I know it's out there I know I'm I'm just me but please like 100% yes it it just resonated so deep in my soul and <clears throat> this was like something that worked so, so well for me uh, when I existed as myself. (laughs) And then one day I discovered that we were pregnant. And uh, well, that's a story and a journey for another day. But um, this new reality came with a whole bundle of new feelings that led to thoughts that conflicted with how my life was structured and set up. And I know that this is something I'm sure all pregnant women go through as they start to figure out how to, like, readjust their lives, but for me, I didn't jump on the wings of embracing this through love, which is different for me, right? Like, holy moly, I was scared, (laughs) and I held tight to my love for my passion in my career and for the bigger picture of health I was striving to, like, create in the mental health field and I held on to it like with white knuckled fists, dreaming of how I was going to now fit this baby into my life. I was going to raise my child as a strong, hardworking woman who can raise him and stay committed and dedicated to my career and my mission in this field. And that was the mentality that I had. And I mean, I was—I had never been a mom before. I'd never given birth. So i I mean... I could only fathom what that was like, but it rocked my world. And I remember when I found out I was pregnant, I had like this meltdown and something inside me decided to record myself having a meltdown and talking to myself. And I never did anything with that video and I haven't watched it since I made it. I need to probably reflect back on that. (laughs) But um, I was terrified and I was in denial and it came with, again, this is like a whole episode in and of itself, but it came with a lot of doubt and a lot of possibility of not, um, not ending happily and so um i protected myself and i kept myself in the realm of like nope this is what i'm going to do i'm going to be a hard-working strong woman who shows their son what it's like to have a mom like this (laughs) and oh my goodness i i i was in for it and along came this glorious beautiful healthy baby boy who needed all of me And thank goodness my work has beautiful insurance and I was able to spend the first 12 weeks with my son before going back to work. But it was at this time of my life after giving birth that I realized, like, holy moly, my world was flipped upside down. And wait a second, like, you now have this little thing who needs all of you. So I know any parents out there that are listening to this, Any mamas who are figuring out their breastfeeding journey can relate to the level of, like, oneness you have with your baby, but it it was like I had completely lost Dina. Dina was gone. I was completely gone. I was a sleep-deprived. I was emotionally unstable, flow, full-blown mom. <laughs> like, that was my new name, my new identity, and what it was, who I was, and everything I was. And it, it was like my identity had completely disappeared, and I realized that this baby's sole means of existence relies on me. And that sounds silly to say, because yes, I have a husband, I have a family, and people who can help, but, like, no, like... I was breastfeeding and I was committed, like 100% committed to breastfeeding him. And that again, like its own podcast episode for crying out loud, but that journey was so hard and um, it was it was it was like he relied on me for everything. And I got to tell you like our dance together was imperfect, absolutely imperfect. And the first four days of his life, he cried nonstop and he cried and I would nurse him and I would cry and shiver in pain because every time he tried to transfer milk from me was like this utter pain and it came with blood and it came with like tears and it was just not, there was nothing about it that felt harmonious or meant to be. And I remember this moment of running away From my son while he was crying, and my husband was holding him, saying that my son was hungry and I needed to nurse him. (laughs) And I ran like literally out of the room and I just cried. I was like this messy haired, frozen pad wearing, nipple bleeding, crying mess. (laughs) And I felt so much confusion and pain in that moment. It was like, how could I lose myself to this degree this quickly? How could my baby need me? And I needed to be gone. Like, oh my God, I I needed help. Um, and I needed help figuring out how to get help. <laughs> and thank the dear Lord for my patient and understanding husband during this time, because literally I was lost. He He had my mother come and help figure out like a lactation consultant that could help me and they they drove me and all oh my glory <laughs> to this wonderful lady who finally enlightened me that my milk thirsty boy was not transferring any milk and that means that he was nursing and not getting anything outside of me like it was nothing was coming for him and that's scary. He was four days old. He was losing weight quickly, and he was crying and trying to nurse nonstop because he couldn't get any milk, and I think that's when the start of my journey with postpartum anxiety began. A lot of people talk about postpartum depression, and I I can speak to my struggle with that, but I largely struggled with postpartum anxiety. And I realized in that moment that my completely dependable four day old infant was doing all that he could to communicate his hunger to me. And he was trying his very, very hardest to feed himself, but he couldn't. And I didn't have the means to fix it for him. Like, literally, my brain turned to mush. And all that I felt in that moment was inadequacy. Like, how could I grow this perfect little human in my body giving him every ounce of energy and fuel that I could and birthing him with such intention and love and then be so disconnected from him to the degree that I didn't know he was starving and he couldn't he couldn't like he couldn't tell me in any other way than he was I literally could not expand my thinking to alternative options to feed him. Like ladies and gentlemen, this here is referred to as the fourth trimester and I had no idea that it was even a thing. Like no education about this whatsoever. And I'll speak about my maybe I'll do another episode on my my birth story, but I put so much intention into education and learning and being ready and and birthing my baby with intention that I do not I don't I don't know how I didn't know about what the fourth trimester is. Well, the next year of my life was filled with so many emotions that I honestly was not prepared for, and I was often in denial of. Um, Looking back on that time of my life, it's crystal clear that I struggled, like, significantly with postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression, Um, but it felt like all of a sudden I became acutely aware of the dangers in our own backyard. Like literally our own backyard. So shortly after my son was born, we had a murder-suicide in our neighborhood, a fatal car crash, a five-alarm intentional fire that burned down an entire construction site of an apartment complex, and literally an airplane fell out of the sky and landed in a neighbor's house. Like, what? (laughs) We literally moved into a neighborhood that was considered the top 10 safest in the entire country. And all of a sudden, right after I brought this little fully reliant, reliant and like helpless baby into the world, I all of this happened. And I'm not sure if it was the combination of all of these things or like a specific thing that triggered me. And I can't really recall the timeline of it, but I started having these t- terribly vivid images cross my mind of my sweet baby boy dying. Like, literally dying over and over and over again in a million different ways. I would, like, look at an item or a thing, like a, a chair, and instead of seeing the chair, I saw a death trap and I, I watched my baby get killed by a chair. And this happened over and over and over and over and over again all day long. And now... Mind you, at this point in my life, I was, like, well-established in my career and in experiences of of working in the mental health field, and I was going to be returning from maternity leave to a new position as an assistant program director at a public, like, mental health clinic, and and I started struggling with, like, imposter syndrome, like— I know we all struggle this, but with this, but I was like, who am I to be working in this public mental health system and at this agency and and be here to help people through like these hard times in their life? And I myself am struggling with with postpartum anxiety and depression how do I do that? How do I be a leader of mental health and work in a a clinic and be a clinician and be someone responsible for transitioning our most vulnerable population of youth back into the community? And how could I do all of that and be a mom, let alone a mom with postpartum depression and anxiety? And you guys, when those 12 weeks ended, I returned back to work. And like, to my surprise, it felt so good. It was like a reminder of who I was pre-baby and it felt amazing, absolutely amazing to me. And it was like I was meeting myself again. And because of that, I literally like Dove right back into my work. I bathed myself in the wonderfulness of behavioral analysis and understanding the mind and creating interventions, and it breathed life back into my values and beliefs. And I let my body go through the actions of pumping milk for my son and picking up from daycare. And I was, I mean, I was present with him when I was home with him um, and when I wasn't on the phone for work, but I was like, always eager and available to answer my phone and support work while I was home. Like, that was always a part of who I was. And if someone had a need or was like hurting in crisis, they needed a lifeline, man, I would be there, like raise my hand in a heartbeat, pick me, I'm the one. And and it's like deep in my soul to help others. I absolutely loved it. And I finally felt the harmony within myself again. Like the thing that was largely missing during my maternity leave, I felt was back. I had my identity back and I was doing what I was meant to do. And this energy, I felt like it lasted for a couple of years. I like segregated, almost like being a mom and working. And I had moments of bridging that together, but it, it was very rare. Um, I largely kept my identity of of working and let that be my sense of, of purpose and movement through this world um, when being a mom felt hard and felt weird and scary and lonely. And um, well, fast forward a couple of years, I started to experience that sense of like friction again in my life. And This time, it it wasn't with like an isolated situation like maternity leave. Um, It was coming from the realization that my harmony with my son was beautiful when I was present and with him. And also my harmony at work was beautiful when I was at work. But that harmony I used to have between the two of work in my personal life it didn't feel like it existed anymore. It, it like dawned on me that I had never figured out how to have the harmony across my life once my son was born. And the answer was, wasn't going to be like, oh, I got to sacrifice work for my kid. Like I knew that wasn't going to work for me. And I found, I found like I don't know, like when I looked around and I saw other people in the world who were in that same position, those people were choosing one thing or the other. They would choose either their work or their child and they would say like, you know what, I only get to be with my kids once and they don't want to like miss being with their kids during that, that opportunity and they would pursue their career afterwards. And like power to those people, I wish I could be like that, but I am not. I That's not that's not me. It didn't sound fulfilling to me and I love my son so stinking much and I would lay down my life for him without a thought. Um, but I I also knew I wasn't going to be the best mom I could be for him. Um if I if I was with him all the time, like I could not have mom be my sole identity. And on the flip side of that, I didn't want to be the mom who feels guilty for not being there for my family in the ways they needed me. Like, I'm, I'm sharing this with you from the perspective of hindsight, right? Like, it didn't come clearly to me at first. Um, and it took until, like, I don't know, my son was like three years old <laughs> for me to start imagining a different life that fulfilled my passion and purpose and matched like my sense of calling, I had to imagine this and, and get my brain outside of the confines of the work I'm doing and the work I love and my child. And I had to find the harmony again. And I remember um, this pivotal meeting that shifted all of this for me. It shifted my mindset. And I was enjoying a delicious acai bowl outside of, we have this like juicery smoothie place called Nectar here. And I'm like a nectar addict. <laughs> and I was enjoying the sasai bowl with a mentor of mine. And I I I had I remember this conversation that like opened up a discussion with me about dreaming beyond the now. And this mentor challenged me to think of my future and talked about my potential and my spirit and my skill set and She talked to me about how much she believed in me. And this was like a pivotal meeting that ignited a spark in my brain to explore my potential and to explore my own belief in myself, right? Like I had always believed in myself in the lens of the work that I did and the work that I knew and um, the work that was familiar to me. And I believed in myself as a mom. Um, but outside of those confines, my brain could not like take the jump to visualizing something else. Um, I know that sounds weird to say, but it was like a mental block. And from that meeting, I began a journey of like self-discovery and 2019, 2020, I did so much self work. (laughs) Like when I say that, like... I I began to dream again, and the only way I could do that was because I literally poured myself into understanding myself. Who, um, and I, I did that through, good lord, like yoga, breath work. I don't know if people know what breath work is, but it's like this amazing intervention I don't know way of being where you use your breath in different ways of breathing and sound healing and and you tap into part of yourself to release energy and it's like cathartic like you can go to a breath work class and you can like laugh and cry and hurt and then feel like you're flying and oh my goodness like if you've never done breath work I highly recommend looking for a class in your area uh, and trying <laughs> it's absolutely amazing um I also took a lot of classes during that time. I signed up for courses and classes to uh, dig deeper into myself, uh, to strengthen my own sense of wellness of who am I and what's my potential. <clears throat> and I don't know, I think of that that meeting over the acai bowl, that singular moment, it like ignited this flame inside me and it was like a slow burn of curiosity and belief and courage um, and it was exactly what I needed and sometimes you don't realize the foundation you already like have within yourself until somebody believes in you and then you realize it and you realize that you you have that within you and you you start to believe in yourself and your potential outside of the story that you've been writing this whole time and you have to be able to let your mind explore new depth you have to become empowered and believe that you are all that you need like you are all that you need you have all that you need you have you have everything inside you that you need to heal and be where you want to be and there's so many ways to do this like i said different methods of self regulation and and self reflection meditation Um, but those, those moments, that hard work, that, those are the things that, uh, build up inside you to start understanding where you're at. And without somebody you can relate to or somebody that believes in you, I don't know how people spark that, right? Like they've got to have that inspiration somewhere. And so that really got me thinking. And ultimately that's where we're at today with this podcast and what I'm trying to create today with this podcast. But, um... I, I, I feel like the power of rediscovering your power, your identity, your future, your healing, it all takes time, right? It all takes like introspection, being vulnerable. It all takes putting yourself out there. But the truth is we can all do it. You can do it. The power lies within you to heal. And that foundational belief, once I understood it, once I practiced it, once I I accessed and tapped into that and I had people around me who believed in me around that, I started to heal and my brain started to conceptualize so many different ways in this world that that we can heal outside of this public mental health system that I've poured 10 years of my life into. And prior to that, it was education and training and internships that all poured straight into that thought process of like, of the system, right? And thank goodness I'm a social worker and there's a foundation in there that's about connection and, and humanity, right? And um, because I, I feel like The training around that I've really tapped into as I've um, strengthened my mind to dream big, but that's a little snapshot of my journey, my story, and why I'm sitting here today talking to you guys, uh, whoever you are in your journey, and why I feel that this modality, this podcast is just one step, but I feel a strong step that can create a platform for people to hear and know and relate to and share their journeys to help them heal themselves because they have the power to do that because you, you have the power to do that. So thank you so much for listening to the Empowered to Heal podcast. I sure hope you're feeling inspired to heal. Thank you so, so much for tuning in today. I hope you are feeling inspired and empowered in your own healing journey. I know that many of you listening might be reflecting on your own stories that you may feel called to share. If so, please reach out to me at dinat at empowertoheal.com. dot com. That's D-E-N-A-T at empower2heal.com or drop me a message through my Instagram handle at empower2heal. I would love to connect with you and learn about your journey so that we can hopefully continue to spread these powerful life lessons on empowering ourselves to heal. My contacts will also be linked in the show notes below so that you can easily find me. We are so eager to start a movement in showcasing the many ways we can heal. And you can be part of this movement too by capturing images and tagging them hashtag empower the number two heal on Instagram. We look forward to seeing all the ways that you are empowered to heal. I love you, beautiful souls, and thank you so, so much. Please be sure to subscribe, like, and review.